Welcome to Season 2 of the Pursue Friends Network Podcast. My name's Brian Donahue. I'm the planner and lead pastor of this network of house churches here in Northeast Ohio. I'd like to invite you to grab your Bible, your favorite beverage, and join myself and Pastor Kristen All as we discuss God's Word and what's happening here at Pursuit Friends Church. If you need encouraged, you're listening to the right podcast. Welcome to the long-lost episodes of the Pursuit Friends Network podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Donahue. I'm here with Pastor Kristen, and it has been two or three weeks since we have posted a podcast for all sorts of reasons. It's life in general um, and just schedules and everything else. We might talk a little bit about why we haven't been posting posting podcasts in a while. We might be a little bit rough around the edges too, I might add, but we're going to have fun and it's God's word and it's always good. So uh, we're happy that we're back in action. Kristen, how are you today over there on Deborah Court? We're doing good here. We are living in what I am calling COVID central at my house at the moment. Um, I was uh, out of town last week for my mom, got a brand new shoulder and that went really well, came home. Yeah, we thought that uh, we thought that uh, Jay had a cold or something, tested him for COVID. Nope, he had COVID. Joe got it on Monday. I know I am still the holdout now. Um, I am getting a little stir crazy. I'll just say that right now. (laughs) I also find those $8 COVID tests are pretty hard to resist. Like I just want to keep testing. Because somehow I think I feel like we'll get out of this sooner. If I like some magic, which doesn't make sense. Like there's a certain number of days. Like, but but I'm still hopeful. You know, like maybe some. (laughs) <laughs> they should start including like suckers in the packaging of the COVID <laughs> test. So there's some sort of reward for. I think that the test is a reward. I like how it works and it lights up and I don't know. I, I think it's just the opposite, Brian. I need some kind of timer lock that says you can't uh, use these. You know, you gotcha. no, you don't need one yet. You just did it four hours ago. Nothing new has happened. You know, that's what I'm. So we're also in the middle of what I'm calling algae Armageddon in my pool. So it is record heat as I'm sure it is. Algae. Oh, no, um, you're kidding. Yes, yes. yes. And before um, I was on lockdown, I went to the pool store and they said because of the heat and the humidity and the pollen, that this is common and I just have to wait it out. So not only are we locked in the house, but I have a green pool. Um, so that's very oh, sad. That it's is very, very so sad. sad. Our, we just swam yesterday in our neighbor's in-ground pool. I'm so happy it is for you. Crystal clear water. <laughs> it was beautiful. You that can, is it was like cruel. vacation beautiful. Stop it. Um, stop okay, it. I'll stop. We, <laughs> but uh any that you know that I mean, honestly. I, I don't, it is kind of, it would have to be frustrating to have a, you guys have a beautiful backyard and in above ground pool back there. And it's a big above ground pool too, I might add. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that would be frustrating, especially if you're on lockdown because you've got COVID in the family to not be able to go out to your own backyard and enjoy your beautiful pool. Oh my gosh. It's uh, very frustrating. And on two and- of the hottest days of the year. Yes. Yes. And and I'll just I'm just going to whine one tiny bit more and then Go I will whine the rest of the but um my asthma is not great and it does not like this heat and humidity but yeah. I find that if I'm in the pool I feel okay but my pool is full of algae but they're telling me that I should stir the pool by getting in it to help it clear faster so but I'm not real hip on that given my list of allergies so there you go. That's all my sad story. That is ah, my sad story. Here's what you do. You guys have kayaks, right? <laughs> Just grab one of your oars and walk around the perimeter with your yeah. oar. But then I'm also in up. the heat and the humidity, which my lungs don't like. It's just a hot mess. I actually got in it yesterday. Oh, and, uh, t- I, did, what I is, didn't die. You our, what? You just. I, no, no, I, I got it. Oh, you said you it. weren't hip on it. I got it to stir it. Okay. I'm not real crazy about it. They okay. assured me 
that my water quality is great and it is better than any lake or anything else I could swim in. Oh, that's based probably on the testing. true. Yeah. Yeah, they're right, but it's also green. Um, they yeah. tried to convince me to say it's a look, but I just can't, I can't get there. Here's what you do, Kristen. There. Blindfold swim. Just then you don't have you just pretend it's crystal clear and just with the blindfold and just swim, do your backstroke, you know, yeah. sit on your floaty and with whatever beverage you like while you swim and relax with the blindfold on, you know, listen to your favorite podcast. Well, you have to have it on speaker probably. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, just blindfolded. That's maybe you know, most things in life are better blindfolded. I just came up with that, folks. I'm here all day. I don't oh know gosh. what that means. We are, but... we are definitely out of shape here, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, we're doing now... great. This is the most okay, fun good. I've had. In... <laughs> well, listen, it's, it's great fun for me because I'm getting real bored around here. That and our internet keeps cutting out. I'm breaking my own whining rules here. So my poor uh, COVID people I'm not who are surprised. trying to distract <laughs> themselves. Thanks a lot. Are, uh, are, are uh, frustrated because whatever they're streaming, whether it be games yeah. or movies keep dropping um oh, so you frustrating. know yeah we've been through worse it's not like a global pandemic or anything so right. we're, it, we're just it, gone is, it is it is frustrating when you're tired and sick and you just you know want to relax and escape and yeah be chill but, but we're we're praying no, for you guys thank you and i gotta tell you something great uh the zittles matt and Susie, asked if they could bring us dinner and they brought us a wonderful Aww. dinner that we have now eaten for two nights in a row which was just hmm. lovely and uh left it outside and i pressed my nose up against the window and waved at them and uh <laughs> release me <laughs> i'm not sick i'm the only one anyway uh, i just want to just give a shout out I definitely, uh, we felt loved to care for it. And it was a lovely, a lovely way to love on some people who are whiny right oh, now. So. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say in, in that vein of thought, um, I was blessed as a pastor and an uncle and a brother by my sister and her kids uh, just today on our Facebook Messenger feed that we have as a church that gives everybody updates and people know what's going on Sunday to Sunday or prayer requests, whatever. Highly recommend that, by the way, if uh, you don't have that as a, if, especially if you're a smaller church that works really well as an extra yeah. way to stay in contact with people um, and keep everybody up to date. But um, we're going to jump into um, a brand new thing that Kristen and I have been working on that my wife Devin really kind of inspired and was pushing for and suggested uh, that as a church and as leadership, we come up with a list of ways that we can bless our neighbors or serve our neighbors, reach out to, um, and just show just general uh generosity, uncommon generosity to people all around us, everywhere we go. Um, you've heard us talk about that type of discipleship and intentional living as Christ followers, that everywhere we go, everyone we meet, uh, we want to shine the light of Christ to them in some way and look for opportunities to serve others. And one of the things that sometimes I forget as a pastor that has been in the ministry for 20-some years now, I guess, it can't be possible that I'm old enough to, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you don't have to laugh so hard, sister. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, I just feel like welcome to the club, Brian. Right. So, <laughs> so, but you get used to it after a while. It doesn't, it doesn't take your breath away. You can just say it, you know, and right. rolls right off the tongue. You'll get used to it. So, so bring it, I'm going to come back to my sister and her kids. Um, but just sometimes as a pastor, you know, I can say, hey, we need to serve our neighbors. Sounds great, right? Um, but some people might sit back and go, well, that sounds like I should do that. But how? You know, can, can, it, sometimes we don't give enough practical applications or ideas or suggestions to help people to get the ball rolling in people's hearts and minds. Um, yeah. And sometimes that's all people need is one little idea or suggestion. And off of that, the Holy Spirit jumps in and 
yeah. stirs this creative thought in in dreaming and vision casting in people's hearts and so what we did is we sat down and we came up our list right now is just 14 long uh or deep and um these are practical ways you can bless your neighbors and by the way when we say neighbors we mean the biblical meaning of this everyone you meet this is this you can do this at work at school in your neighborhood your actual neighbors right beside you across whatever um, you know, you can share this with your coworkers. These your are friends so, online, friends right? online, like any relationship you have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The sky's the limit. And what we hope this list does is it, we hope it just stirs imaginations. We, this is not a, this list is hopefully going to grow. I hope that people in our church come up with ideas that aren't on this list and share them with us all so we can grow this list. Um, because there might be a f just one or two things on our list that you go, you know what? I don't know about that one or that one, but I know I can do this one. That's where you start. Start yeah. easy, start simple and pray over it and ask God to move and bless you and bless you and bless whoever you're sharing with. And I, I just believe the more you do this and the more you work your way into this, the more you're going to get excited about the opportunities and you're going to start to do this more and more intentionally in your life. And so we're going to we're going to go over this list kind of generally speaking. I don't know if we'll go through everyone. We might list everyone, Kristen, but let's not like go deep with everyone just because for the sake of time, because we got to get into God's word, too. And so getting back to my sister and her kids this Sunday at, at Whitmer House Church, uh, we all stayed together the entire time, even the kids. And uh, it was one of our flex weeks where we intentionally work into our house church schedule a week where each house church can do whatever they want to for that week. One house church might decide, hey, we're going to just get together and have table fellowship today and just hang out extra. And we're just going to, you know, maybe we'll play games to get whatever, but we're just going to hang out. Other house churches might decide, hey, let's do more worship this week. Or they might come off of, because we're working our way through John, house church might say, hey, let's find a different passage of scripture this week that God's laying on our hearts to go through today. Um, or they might say, let's go, who in our neighborhood needs yard work done? You know, I mean, the sky's the limit on uh, what can happen on these flex weeks. And so I decided I was going to give a little mini message over a few passages of scripture as a means to introduce this practical ways to bless your neighbor document. And I also told a story, which I'm not going to get into today, because um, I think I've told it already in a previous podcast, but uh, we just had a fantastic time. And I got to say the kids, Kristen, um, I worked really hard and I did my best, but I was telling Devin, I, I, I really feel like the kids were genuinely engaged with what I was talking about. And um, I think I think they were engaged because they're sold. They've already bought into all of them. My kids and the green kids have bought into what we're about, anyways. They're do, they're trying to live this out already. Um, but I was just it was amazing to me how the word of God is the word of God, and when you have kids that love the Lord they can be engaged with the adults at the same time and they can contribute and participate and be just of as vitally important a part of the body as the adults are and it was just a good refreshment in that for me to just see our kids pay attention i mean they're good kids for one thing but to see them just pay attention and seem to soak it in and then to see my sister on our messenger feed post a picture of her kids taking cold bottles of water out for guys that were working on the street uh, that had all their yellow stuff, you know, had their hard hats on. Some of the hottest days of the year we're having here right. in Northeast Ohio. And for Angie to be to help teach her kids and let them participate, even though that seems like a small thing, they were actually participating in showing these men what the kingdom of God looks like, that their family noticed them. They noticed it's a hot, stinking day. They're out there doing probably very important work to help the city of Minerva, you know, progress and be safe and all that stuff. 
and her kids got to go hand them water and bless them and be the hands and feet of Jesus to them and brighten up their day a little bit. So kudos to Sean and Angie and their kids and to all of our families that I just believe God has has ignited something inside of us that we don't just want to be sideline Christians. We want to be in the game. We want to be on the field. We want to be doing our part to build the kingdom of God and to bless those around us. So proud, proud uncle and pastor here right now. What a great story, Brian, and uh, well-timed for our discussion this morning. Yeah. So let's let's get in. We made this list, and Kristen, let's start this way, actually. I'm going to have you read the vision for this document, and then let's jump into the Word of God. Um, because we came up with this list of stuff, and Kristen said, wouldn't it be nice if we had a statement at the beginning of this that will just help people understand the purpose of this and the heart behind this? Um, And one thing that's important, guys, as we go through this list today, and I did this with our house church, is not never in a million years will myself or Kristen ever come to anybody in our church or anyone listening and say, well, how many times have you done number one this week? <laughs> um, this is not a, you have to do these in order to be successful or to be a part of this movement of pursuit. This is just simply an ideas thing. This is to get the ball rolling, to stir creativity in your own heart for your own context. Um, this is between you and the Lord. We may encourage you uh, from time to time to say, hey, what have you done recently? You know, what anything is has God done anything cool through your interactions with your neighbors and people you come come in contact with? But this is this is nothing legalistic. We're not we're not checking a box here. This is just trusting the Holy Spirit to stir something in the lives of our people. Um, that's a practical thing to do. So, Kristen, would you mind reading the vision uh, as Absolutely. as on this document for folks? Absolutely. As agents of God, believers seek to bring God's way to every person, relationship, context, and project. As adopted members of his family, we know the abundant blessing of God and the security we have in his perfect character. Because we are kingdom-minded people, we we see darkness and seek to transform it. We no longer have to be looking out for ourselves. We are free to trust God with our lives and to set to work on whatever opportunity we can find. Ask him to open your eyes where you to see where you can participate in bringing his transformation and blessing. Here's a list to spark your Holy Spirit-led imagination as you pray through all the people you meet and all the places you go each day. Awesome. I love I love that statement. Kristen wrote that and wasn't quite sure about it. And I'm like, it's perfect. I love it. It's great the way it is. Um, well, I'm glad you like it, Brian. But I, you know, when we worked on this, I felt like that was so important for exactly the reason you said at the top mm-hmm. of this, which is that um, as people, we can so easily swing from uh, not living out our beliefs to legalism, right? Yeah, and yeah. neither one is godly. And um, the change that happens from the inside of us is when we focus on what God has done for us and who he is. And out of that outflow, then the Holy Spirit can inspire us to do all kinds of cool stuff. And that's also oh, so what good. keeps us in relationship and keeps us away from the deadness of legalism where we're trying to earn something because that's yeah. not what this is about at all. And, you know, mm-hmm. the other thing that rings in my mind when I think about this is, um, you know, the, the kingdom of God is when everything is as it should be, right? Everything is in alignment with God's right. good, perfect character. And so I think a lot of times we can be so frustrated when we look around our world and say it shouldn't be that way. And we're not wrong. But the, the cool thing about being a believer is God then invites us out of his power to step into those places. And anytime we have anything that can bring it a little bit closer to the way it should be, that's our opportunity to, to glorify yeah. his name and bring the kingdom. And I just um, I love that shorthand is what goes through my mind. If this is how it should be. Right. Yeah, I, that's fantastic. That's a uh, Thank you for sharing that. Um, 
in this. And I also think what I love about this list is it gives us opportunity to be more intentional too. Yes. Um, yes. Is that so often we really over spiritualize with the great, with the great heart and desire to be used, but it's almost like we always, sometimes too often we wait for something to just fall in our lap um, where we need to, we need the going part of this is important right. is in, you know, there is a level of risk to some of these, I guess people can always say, yeah. Oh no, thank you. That's wonderful. But no, thank <laughs> you. you know? um, but at the same time, uh, the intentionality of this is, is another part of this that we're encouraging people at pursuit to live out. Um, and so I'm excited about it. I'm excited about, how Sunday went. I'm excited to jump into the word, Kristen. And so what's going to happen, guys, is I'm going to read these passages. We're going to start in Matthew 7, and I'll share stuff. Kristen will interrupt me and jump in um, whenever she, the Lord lays something on her heart or she sees something, too, to encourage us with. And we're going to start in Matthew 7, and we're going to go through uh, just 6, just verse 6, then we're going to jump over to verse 21 uh, here. But let me read this, and then we'll go for it, okay? You ready, Kristen? I'm ready. Let's All go. All right, let's do it. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And here's something I wanted, uh, uh, we kind of focused on, Kristen, is um, I saw a film uh, called Matthew, uh, a Christian film made about the book of Matthew, and it had a wonderful actor portraying Jesus. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he really, um, it was the first time we saw a closer version to what Jesus may have looked like, um, and he was played so differently. It wasn't this serious, you know, it, it was it was kind of a lighthearted, uh, smiled a lot Jesus, you know, had yeah. joy. It was refreshing yeah. to watch that right. for the first time and and then to see him in this scene in Matthew 7 and the actor kind of played it very humorously. You know, he picked up a big old log yeah. and was holding it up to his eye like he was, you know, and people yeah. were laughing and humorous and so often I read this and I just think, man, Jesus is like, you know, you hypocrite. Maybe that's the line that yeah. always makes me think this is so serious. But uh you know, to think Jesus just in this humorous way is showing people how silly is that Yeah. to do that. And I think, Kristen, one of the things that hinders us from serving other people is that often we're judging by how people look, mm. by which part mm. of town they live in, what color their skin is, um, what type of lifestyle they've chosen to live. Um, every all the different reasons that all the different ways that we're different and that we judge people at and i would just wanted to encourage people like G jesus in this humorous way is telling us i mean the verses before this are very serious do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you that ought to make you come out of your skin mm. <laughs> going holy cow how often do i judge somebody who thinks different than me politically who looks different than me who t you know uh, yeah. how often do we as christians do this and we see this happening in our nation all over the place the great divide that exists politically spiritually every other which way and we think as christians like you know sometimes we're just very harsh yeah. you know and we forget past this is jesus's own words it says, oh, hold, he said, hold, hold on, wait a minute. It'll come back yeah. around. It'll come back around. Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, that's really oh, go good, ahead. Brian. Well, I, I was just going to agree with you. I think that's really good. And that's a, a great place to start because we, um, 
I think we often lack, we often fail to see each other um, as Jesus sees people. Yes, yes. And then jumping over to verse 21, and just through 23, Jesus says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Oh, man, that that ought to make you cringe a little. That will make you a little uncomfortable. Okay? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? You might say, how we might say this today is, Lord, Lord, did you not realize I was at church every Sunday? I tithed every week. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So Jesus very plainly says here, if you know me for real, if, if, and we see this in other passages said different ways, you know, if you're really my follower, people will know you by the way you love each other. And so there is a level of obedience here that just because we show up and we say, we say all the right things to the world. So the world hears us say, this is sin. That's a sin. Don't do this, do this, go to church, you know, whatever the list of rules and regulations are, what you're for and what you're against. Although Christians tend to want to project what we're against more than what we're for. Right, right. Jesus says, many of you, you're not really mine. Yeah. And so obedience is key. Who does the will of my father will enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, Brian, something that really has challenged the way I think about this and has helped me is some of Dallas Willard's writing. And when he talks about the kingdom of heaven um, and entering the kingdom of heaven, he says heaven is the realm where everything that God wants to have happen happens. It's not some faraway place. Right. And so to enter the kingdom of heaven means to enter an interactive relationship with God. And that starts from the moment of salvation. Mm-hmm. So if I am not interacting with God, if I am not really seeking to be like him and to be with him, then it, it makes perfect sense to say that I'm not in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. So in some ways that it, I, the, it shifted the challenge for me a little bit, um, but was also very helpful. Like, God wants to walk with me through every moment and every circumstance and every challenge of the day. And that's what salvation, that's what eternal life is. And when I do that in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit through the work of Jesus, um, that's when I will start to have abundant life is when I walk through the, the you know, every day um, with him. And if I'm not, you know, I can say whatever I want, but if I'm not interested in that, then why would God force me into it? Like he's saying, like that interactive relationship is available now. Why would I expect him to sort of invalidate my wishes while I was alive? (laughs) Right. If I don't want that now, why would I want 100 percent of that later? And and who who doesn't want that really when you understand how good and amazing God is and how much he loves us and has good for us. So um, that really helped me a lot um, sort of clarify kind of what he was getting at here. Right. And then over to chapter eight, uh, we're going to read the first, what is it? Four verses of chapter eight. This one I love. I, I think this helps us so much when we talk about why why should we reach out intentionally to our neighbors okay yeah. and jesus when jesus came down from the mountainside large crowds followed him a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said lord if you are willing you can make me clean jesus reached out his hand and touched mm-hmm. you should underline circle put a draw a box around something highlight the word touched he touched the man i am willing jesus said be clean Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So there's all kinds of weird things happening here that shouldn't have been happening, right? The man with leprosy should have been nowhere near this large crowd, according to their laws and rules. 
Um, cause nobody, they had places on the outskirts of town for people with leprosy to go and hang out and live out their days in. And so he's breaking a rule right now. And here's Jesus. He breaks maybe perhaps an even more important rule that he becomes unclean as he touches him or, or, you know, at least that's what they were fearful of. Right. Jesus sees this man who is hungry for God to move and has faith abundant that Jesus can heal him. And Jesus actually touches him physically. Jesus could have gone whammo and waved his hand or his finger and done the force <laughs> thing or whatever, you know, right. and, or the spidey, you know, yeah. thing at the guy pointed him at him like that. And uh, that he would have been healed. He could have spoken a single word and the man could have been healed. But no, Jesus realized what this man needed was real touch. He needed real interaction. He needed someone to really care about his needs and to mm. show that type of affection. And so Jesus, mm. of course, being God knows this and he touched the man mm. and he said, he said to the man, I am willing. And the question I pose to us is, are you willing? Can you say to God, I am willing to go where you send me. I'm willing to touch who I need to touch. I'm willing to inconvenience my life a little bit in order to be used by you, God, and to reach out and to practically bless someone, to spiritually yeah. bless someone. Um, so I'll let you make a comment. I love that. I was just thinking that um, it, it's also be willing to take the risk, kind of like you said at the top. Like there is risk in uh, reaching out for people. There's risk um, when you enter into the mess of people's lives. Uh, the line in my house right now is that people are real people-y, which means we get things get all messy and um, there definitely can be a cost there. But I think, you know, because Jesus knows who he is, he knows that he's living in God's love and that he is safe and he doesn't have to be driven by that fear um, that something that God can't handle is going to happen to him. And that enables him to really step out in faith and um, transform this man's life. And that it's a beautiful picture, Brian. And, and that call to risk, I think, is part of that being willing. Yeah, we, we have to be willing to risk a little bit in in we just see that time and time again throughout the scriptures by the early believers, the disciples, um, any, anybody in the scripture who did anything significant risked something yeah. to be used by God. There's always a risk of rejection. There's always the risk of being ridiculed or laughed at. Um, and, but the risk of, positively impacting someone else's life is worth it. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's Absolutely. just so much worth it. And, you know, I'm going to quote Dallas Willard again here. I'm sorry to do that, but he talks about how um, the Hashtag safest Dallas place. Willard. I know. Right. <laughs> I, I am. I'm a bit of a fan girl. I'll admit it. Um, what, uh, he talks about how do we or do we not believe that the safest place for us to be is in the middle of God's will for us. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean the easiest place. It doesn't mean the suffering free place, right. but, um, but yes, I have to say, I know God. And I know that is the safest, best place for me to be. That There is nothing that's going to happen that he's not had um, veto power over or so mm -hmm. I can't risk because I can, because I know who holds me. Mm. Um, and, and I can trust that if it's going to get hard or messy or embarrassing or whatever, that he's also going to be there with me to walk me through yeah. that too. Yeah. I, I shared a story, a personal story Sunday, Kristen, uh, that, that Whitmer house really got a kick out of because, and I think I told it around this passage of leprosy of reaching out, touching somebody had to take my son to Akron children's hospital for a test to see if he is indeed lactose intolerant, four-hour test, okay? I was nervous because it's been a while since I've been up to Ch Akron Children's, and uh, the kids were fantastic. And But we pull off the highway off Route 8, and, and uh, you know, there's oftentimes homeless folks there waiting for 
a handout of some kind, you know, and they oftentimes have cardboard that they've written messages on. So as you pull up, you can read what they're asking for, or what their situation, excuse me, their situation is. Well, I was with my two kids and my wife always has food like granola bars stashed underneath the front seat. So for situations like that, because a couple years ago, Peyton was asking, she was noticing she was seeing people with signs. And so her, bless her little heart, was, we need to do something. We're supposed to do something, you know? So Devin started making sure there was always some type of food product that we could, that's packaged, that we could hand to people. Uh, And so it's been wonderful, you know? It's it's really great for the kids. The kids get, the kids are like, give them the food right now, give it, you know? (laughs) And uh, so we pull off the highway and there's a guy with a sign uh, and it says, I'm not gonna lie, I just need food, okay? So I happen to have some cash, okay? Now, typically, we have the food so we don't give cash, right? you know, because sometimes that is not, sometimes that can possibly feed an addiction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes, though, the spirit does lead you a certain, right. you, just, you just, you take the risk. And so I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, give this man $10. I was like, I had more than that, you know, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to give him $10. Maybe he, you know, he says he needs food. I hit roll down my window, give the guy the money. You know, yeah, thank you, man. You know, I say, hey, God bless you, brother, you know, and roll the window up. And Brody goes, why did you give him money? We have food, you know, you're supposed to give him food. I said, <laughs> I know, but I felt God say I should give him money today. I know we normally don't do that, kids, but right. I was trying to be right. led of the spirit. And I pull away and my daughter says, dad, what, what's weed? And I go, what do you mean? What's weed? She says, her, his sign says, I'm not going to lie. I just need some weed. <laughs> I just gave this guy $10 <laughs> for weed. And I, I, re- I, rewarding his honesty. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I said, so instead of having a conversation about being led of the Holy Spirit, it turned into a conversation <laughs> describing what weed was. And how you should read the sign fully before you. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I was led of the spirit actually in that moment, but uh, it's, you know, I was willing to take a risk. Okay, so I'm going to sanctify this. I was can willing. We, I, I, I can sanctify it for you, Brian. Give me a shot here. Go ahead. All right. I just want to say that I think that this really underlines that our job is to be obedient. We mm-hmm. are not responsible for the outcome. But we Whoa. do not know what God's doing. We don't know what his plans are. And our job is to be obedient. And even if obedience means you are learning better to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> or the Holy Spirit is saying, read the whole sign. Exactly. Either way. <laughs> God is still looking at you sad. I'm pleased with that one because he right. is trying to right. listen and be obedient. And yes. that's what you should tell your and kids that's that fantastic. I said. There you I go. Will. I will. I'll have them call you later and you can okay. explain that to them. Okay, great, great. But- <laughs> I'm not explaining what weed is. That one's yours. But- <laughs> <laughs> I already did it. I already did it, sister. It's done. Um, so, you know, and here that gets back to, though, because even in our laughter, you know, and in our human logic and yeah. knowledge, we say, oh, never give actual money. You know, like church I was with in Utah, we would rarely give anybody money. We would say, let us, you, you say you don't have any groceries for your family. Let us take you shopping at the grocery store. Right. You can right. fill up an entire shopping cart. We'll pay for you to get groceries for your family. And we'll go with right. you, which was great because then we could actually interact and get to know and maybe develop a relationship with not just hand somebody something blindly yeah Uh, same thing with hotel rooms you know people can i I don't have anywhere to stay tonight well let us take you over to this local motel we'll pay for a couple nights oh no just give me the cash you know uh you you know what i mean but sometimes we even with the people that are on the side of the street with signs our first instinct is to clam up and get all judgmental yeah and to say ah you just need to get a job or and there might be some truth to that in different sorts situations 
But here we are judging something. We have no idea that person's story. They may look filthy, you know, but because they look filthy, dirty, we're concerned they're on drugs. We're passing all type of judgments right away just by outward appearance and circumstance. And Jesus is saying, I actually want you to stop and and examine the plank in your own eye. And, And I want you to get into this mindset and this habit and this lifestyle of not being afraid to touch people and being willing to get in the middle of people's messy right. in order to show them who I am. And then it gets even deeper because in chapter eight of Matthew in the 18th verse, it says this, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. That's my teacher impersonation. Jesus <laughs> replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Short little interaction here. But Jesus is basically saying that He's not diminishing the importance of, you know, burying your father. That's an important thing. He's not saying that's stupid or that you shouldn't be concerned with it. He is putting in place a principle of order, saying you have to be the first things you should be thinking about and dwelling upon and working towards our kingdom related things eternal things of eternity and when we get so wrapped up in our and this is how we make the how we make this practical for us uh, u.s citizens is um is our lives so wrapped up in our own kingdoms and acquiring our own stuff and working towards greater security and or are we concerned maybe even a wee bit obsessed about putting others needs other needs ahead of our own like like is our first instinct always to build a moat around ourselves or is it to build a bridge and a way for people to access Jesus through our lives through our uncommon generosity through our love through our service and by by just how we generally live out the gospel as Christ followers. In other passages of scripture, we see that there is indeed a cost to follow Jesus, not to receive salvation, but it's going to come at personal cost when we actually surrender everything. We have everything we are, our dreams, our hopes, our ambitions, everything to Jesus that is costly and then jesus said this and this is how i encouraged our house church Kristen, uh in chapter 9 uh, verse 35 jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd is that how we view everybody we come in contact with or are they our enemies? Are they against us politically? Are they a little bit weird? You know, are they the neighbors we kind of want to avoid at all costs? Like, don't make eye contact when we're out in the driveway. Yeah. You know, like, come on, church. Do we see people this way? Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We need workers. Jesus needs workers. He needs you. He needs me to live out practically what the gospel is and and to go into the harvest, to go into the world. The harvest is plentiful, Jesus says. There are people out there ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. There are people out there willing to let you serve them and bless them and encourage them in their depression, in their despair, in their anguish, in their loneliness. So many people are lonely around us. 
They're just waiting for somebody to notice that they're alive and that they have value and good things to contribute to society. Be a worker. That's what I encouraged our folks. Be a worker. Mm. Mm. And it's not about carrying your Bible around and, you know, having to quote scripture and pass, you know, chapter and verse or with the bullhorn preaching on a corner. Live like Jesus did. Love and serve. Make your life about more than your own stuff. Put others' needs, other needs ahead of your own. And then finally, chapter 10, starting in verse 7. As you go, Jesus says, and this time he's telling them to go directly to the lost sheep of Israel. He's not, they're not going out beyond um, Jerusalem yet. But he's saying, go and proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, and listen to this. I'd have this double underlined and highlighted. Freely you have received, freely give. So Jesus is saying, go touch people. Be with people. Get in the middle of their, I mean, these are messy things, sick people, dead people, people with skin diseases of all kinds and leprosy, drive out demons. Those are, that's those are, you know, put in your weird quirky neighbor in this list for crying out loud, you know? Um, And I don't have any of those, by the way. I just want to make that clear. My, I love, we, we, I mean, we have a great neighborhood here at Whitmer. I've bragged about it before. A great neighborhood here, but, um. Let you know me add I mean? also your your strange coworker, coworker not workers, right? not yeah. that I have any strange coworker, but um, <laughs> that's funny. No, but <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you uh, laughing at me. But that, but I mean that. I think uh, we said that at the top, but that's important to just reiterate that we're not talking only about your mm-hmm. literal neighbors, um, and we spend a lot of us more time at our workplace than we do even at home, at least if you count waking hours. And we are called to bring more of God's kingdom to every interaction, every project, every moment in the same way that we are to our neighbors and everywhere else. And um, yeah. yeah. Freely you have received, freely give. I want to say this a little different way. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word I. I'm gonna apply this to myself, but maybe as you listen to this, you you use the same terminology, okay? I have been given so much by Jesus. Why would I ever want to hold this back just for myself? Why wouldn't I want to give what I have to other people? If this is good news, I'm gonna find a way. Whatever personality type I have. I'm going to find a way somehow to share this with someone else. This is one thing I love about this list, Kristen, is there's many different ways to do this. Yeah. It's, there's not, it's not just all, you know, extrovert ways to do this. Um, there are ways that you can very quietly bless your neighbors, bless your coworkers, you know, um, drop a birthday card for your co, you know, find out yeah. the birthdays of your coworkers and be the person in the office that just very quietly in the mailbox, you know, or on their desk, yeah, puts right. a card and maybe got to open up conversation or you'll, you know, you'll bless that. They're shocked that anybody at work is celebrating their birthday that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just, there's freely you have received. So free. Jesus said this folks. This should be something, I mean, you know, I, I know I was super duper shy as a little kid and into my teenage years, super shy. It wasn't until I started attending Malone that I started coming out of my shell a little bit. So I get the, you know, sometimes there is, I, I was, even as a teenager, my folks reminded me at church that I was... I really was not comfortable going into a grocery store just to get a gallon of milk on my own. Mm. So I understand what it's like to, you just, you don't get energy from people and interacting and some of that introvert type stuff. And 
uh, being cool on your own. Um, lived a large part of my life that way. And, but still, it's good news. So somehow, some way, there's a way for us. Every personality type, every background, uh, to figure out a way to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your context, and how God mm. has uniquely called you to the places you inhabit mm. with the people you're living life with or rubbing shoulders with on a daily basis to love them, to serve them, to make your life interested in their life. Mm. And man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and if you pray, if you pray a certain way, this is, this is what, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I can't find it, but there, but this, I, this concept of if we set our hearts and our minds to this, to living out the gospel in practical ways, if we pray radical prayers and say, God, give me ideas, use this, even this very list to stir my imagination through the Holy Spirit, give me courage, give me boldness, let me walk through the open doors, let me intentionally, maybe there's some doors, Lord, you're asking me to open as a step of faith or a door to knock on, or a cubicle to lean over on, you know? Mm -hmm. If we pray these prayers, I believe with all my heart, God will answer them. And we'll start to really feel what we, you know, we, we kind of have turned the word mission into a gimmick and a you know, cliche to a, a large part in the American church, but we'll really under, we'll really feel like we're living on mission. We'll really feel like our life is about so much more than just personal gain in that we get to go to heaven when we die. We will feel alive. We will feel energized and we'll feel close to God yes. as we're walking in obedience to him and we're learning how to hear his voice more and more. So important. This isn't just, this is not earning God's love. This is not um, earning our way into heaven or earning favor with God. This is us just walking in loving obedience to God and the blessings that will flow out of that as we, it'll grow our relationship with God. We'll trust him more. We'll be willing to take bigger risks. Our faith will be stretched more and more. And before we know it, It'll be second nature. It'll be our lifestyle. You know? Yeah. It'll be the way we live because now we're, this is the only way we can live. Because we've sold, we've, we've, we're totally sold out on this concept of our lives are not our own. You know, Brian, it makes me think we throw around the, phrase in Christian circles that we're the hands and feet of Jesus. But we don't often think like super practical about that. Like yet we are literally how he chooses to get his work done to bring his kingdom in this yeah. world. And uh, that literally means like the Zittles uh, using their hands and their resources mm -hmm. to bring food to a family mm -hmm. is, who's, who's in confinement, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is literally the words we use to encourage one another on a hard day or the smile we give to someone in the checkout lane or the, the resource that we loan somebody who needs it, whether it's our time or our knowledge mm -hmm. or our lawnmower or whatever that is. And um, it, it, that is what the hands and feet of Jesus means. And um, I, when you and do something with someone, like what they're doing, their activity, what they're into, you get close to them in a way that you never understood before. And yeah. we will never know Jesus the way we are meant to and the way that gives eternal life if we don't enter into the work that he yeah. does yeah. in partnership with him. Yeah. And then even very mundane, difficult seasons, like the job you don't like, the assignment that's mm -hmm. not very fulfilling, the hardship all comes into a different light because God begins to, to open our eyes to the work yeah. that he has for us in that situation 
and it starts to look very different. And there's so much more joy and fulfillment and most of all, just knowledge of his presence uh, and learning to walk with him. Yeah. So good. Well, we would, we would like to offer this practical, uh, this list, which we have called Practical Ways to Bless Your Neighbors to our listeners. If you would like to receive a copy of this, just reach out to either Kristen or myself. It's brian at pursuitfriends.org or Kristen at pursuitfriends.org. And we'd love to email you a copy of this. Um, and uh, again, this is just this is a starting point. These are just ideas. This is not exhaustive. It's not an exhaustive list. This is It's a seed. It's, it's a an imagination seed. seed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dr. Seuss. Um, <laughs> um but we would love to email this to you if this would be helpful to you. And uh, I will tell you right now that if you email us and we send this to you, we're we're bef- as we're emailing it, we're going to say a prayer over your life Amen. and ask the Lord to empower you, anoint you, bless you, encourage you, and give you boldness and strength to live out some of these things. And most of all, that the Spirit would just inspire inspiration, inspire inspiration in your heart. <laughs> I use ins- the word inspire twice there. Um, uh, so that you can do this in your own ways, how God has called you right. to in your own context. These are just ideas, folks. Uh, I think they're pretty great ideas, but they're just ideas. Um, and we'd love you to share once you have this. And if you yes. have greater ideas, share it with us. We'll add to this list um, and we'll keep sharing this all along. Well, it has been really great, Kristen, to be back together to record this podcast. Absolutely. appreciate your input, sister, and your heart for this church and the body of Christ and in discipling others into becoming more like Jesus. And uh, uh, we just love doing the podcast, even though we haven't been able to do it for two weeks, I think, in a row. Um, yeah. It's great to be back uh, in the it podcasting is. saddle and look forward to next week with you guys as we share what God is doing uh, as we dive into John 8 now. So if you'd like to start reading John 8, go for it. And uh, we'll see you next week. If you'd like to give to Pursuit Friends, uh, go to PursuitFriends.org slash give, and you can donate to the work that God is doing here. Whitmer House Church, which is the house church I, I lead along with my wife, meets Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. right here on Whitmer Avenue. And then the house church that Kristen and her husband Joe lead meets at Deborah Court. That's why it's called Deborah House That's Church. Right. And why ours is Whitmer <laughs> House Church, if you are wondering. Um, and they meet Sunday nights at 6, although this week they are going to be on Zoom uh, <laughs> for the before uh, mentioned reasons. And yeah. uh, it's, you know, we're thankful it's, for Zoom. I'm just going to say thankful. we're very thankful for Zoom. It's, it's <laughs> not the best, but it's great. <laughs> It is really. God is uh, still at work, even on Zoom. God used Zoom dramatically to help us through the pandemic, and we're so thankful for that tool. So uh, anyways, that's this week, and hopefully the following week, they'll be well enough to receive people into their house at Deborah Court. And that's at 6 p.m. at night. And on our Facebook page, which you are welcome to follow and like and share, um, Pursuit Friends Church, uh, we'll have the addresses up there sometime in the next few days before Sunday. Um, and if you'd like to join that Zoom uh, meeting, just email Kristen at Kristen at PursuitFriends.org. We'd be happy to send that link along. We're not going to post that on our website or Facebook page just for security reasons. Um, and so we'd love to have you're welcome to join that Zoom call there. You will be blessed. I guarantee it. You'll be blessed by the fellowship you actually have on Zoom. Yes, it's possible. And uh, you'll be surprised how much you laugh, no doubt, as as you're on that call. And I think you'll be blessed by the discussion and the Bible study that happens uh, on that call. So appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Until next time, this is the Pursuit Friends Network podcast. Mm-hmm.